You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 233. How do I manage my small group? You know, we're going to wrap up the series we've been doing on connect groups, small groups, life groups, whatever you call them in your uh, community. But, uh, you know, in our church, they're called connect groups. But um, how do you manage your small group? We've talked about how to lead. We've talked about who's qualified to lead. We've talked about why they're so important and a lot of other stuff. But today I want to kind of talk long term on how to manage it, Um, not just how to lead an individual meeting, but how do I lead the group during the time that that uh, you know we're moving forward, and every every church does it differently. I mean, we we're in a situation where now we do uh, twelve week semester, so the connect groups meet for twelve weeks, take a break, and you know this is actually a really good thing because after twelve weeks, if you decide you know what I, I think I'm going to look for another group, there's no hard feelings. Um, you know, if you want to just move on and and, and move into another group, or um, maybe even lead one yourself. It's a good time to do it. It's a natural break, and there's so we'll have a 12-week semester, take several weeks off, and then we'll we'll do it again. But you know, every every church has to find its rhythm and and uh, what what works best for you. This works really good for us. Um, but first thing I want to talk about is how do I grow my connect group? You know, sometimes people think that um, you know if I'm going to be a connect group leader, you're just going to give me a connect group. But, you know, that's not reality. In most settings, you have to build it. Um, you know, my wife and I have been leading connect groups together and individually for, you know, well over 20 years. And I can only think of one situation where a group, a pre-existing group, was given to us. And that was a situation where the um, other group leaders had to um, make a shift because of a work thing. And um, you know, they just weren't able to, they weren't in a position to lead it anymore, and we had kind of been helping them, assisting it, so we de facto became the connect leaders and inherited several couples, and um, and that worked out well, but then again, we, we continued to work it and to build it up um, well beyond where, where it was when we inherited it, so um, it's actually very rare to just hand somebody a group. In most settings, it's really up to you to build um, the particular group. So we're going to talk about how to do that. And you know, really, one of one of uh, one of the leadership characteristics that we talk about a lot is um, how well do you gather people. You know, it's interesting that um, I've had people talk about. You know, I want to plant a church. I want to, you know, do this. I want to lead this ministry. Uh, you know, one young man even said, you know, I feel like God's called me to be an apostle. I said, okay, well, where are you serving right now? Oh, well, I'm really not. I said, well, you know, Sunday school class, small group. Well, nothing. I said, man. If, if you can't even, you know, really lead a small group, how, how do you think you're going to be leading a, a, a church or, or even a movement of churches? So um, learning how to gather people is a big deal. If, 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 if you feel like God's called you to plant a church down the road, but you've never led a small group, 
you might want to get started because learning how to gather people on a small scale and on a large scale is an absolute essential for leaders. So, um, you know, a great example of that's in, you know, Jesus's life. Look in, look in the Gospels and look how he gathered people around himself. He invited them to follow him and, um, you know, gave them a, a reason to follow him and, you know, challenged them and uh, empowered them. A very powerful uh, example of, of gathering people to himself. And that's something we have to do. So let's talk about kind of the long term um, let's just suppose you're operating in a semester system, or maybe you've got a year long or six months or however long your group's going to be meeting. What is your vision for that group? Because if you're recruiting people to that group, what's the vision that you're sharing with them? You know, we have over 50 uh, connect groups in our church, and, and there's a lot of churches bigger than ours that have even more than that. So what sets you apart? Why should they come and meet with you in the cafe or in the living room of your home or wherever it is that you meet on a weekly basis? Why should they do that? What are you offering them? What vision are you casting to get them to come to your group? Because if you don't have a vision, then you're going to have a real trouble. You're going to have real trouble casting that vision and sharing that vision with others. And, you know, it doesn't have to be super profound, but your vision can be, listen, we're going to, um, over this uh, next 12 weeks, we're going to work through together um, the gospel of Mark. Or over the next 12 weeks, we're going to... Um, spend time going over the, the, the past Sunday's sermons as, as well as building relationships. Um, if, if, you know, you're doing the one-year Bible together, um, maybe you discuss what, you know, say, listen, over the next 12 weeks, we're going to discuss, we're going to work through, um, you know, what God is speaking to us about through our own Bible reading. Um, you might be want to, wanting to study a book or a book of the Bible, as we've said, or you may be doing something completely different. But what is the vision that you're trying to cast? Um, I've got a friend who's starting a, a singles group, and their vision is to build relationships. And they're going to do that by um, going, to, uh, going out to eat and going to see a movie once a week. And, you know, what? what doesn't have to be a complicated vision, but that's what their vision is, to build friendships, to build relationships, and to do it around a meal and going to see a movie together. So, you know, what is your vision? And then you've got to cast it to those that you're trying to recruit to come to your group. Um, number two, one of the, the things that, that we really need to do if we're going to manage our group well, if we're going to lead our group well over the semester, over the time that you're leading it, is you want to create the culture and the atmosphere that draws people in. And, and, and the atmosphere that's going to draw people in is positive, fun, faith-filled, safe. Um, you know, those are some just some words to, to, to kind of think about to, to build your culture around. Because if your small group is not fun, nobody's going to want to come. If it's not positive, if it's not faith-filled, people aren't going to want to come. If it's not safe, if it's not a place where people can freely share what's going on in their lives, they're not going to come. So people are attracted to that kind of a group, the kind of group that is positive, safe, faith-filled, fun. So you want to create that kind of atmosphere. And it, it starts with you as the leader. So you have to work to put that in the DNA of your group from the very first meeting. 
Um, that's number two. Number three, contact, contact, contact. Um, <clears throat> as the Connect leader, how often do you stay in contact with your people? Um, there's something powerful about calling, texting, emailing, Facebook message, whatever, whatever it is, um, and staying in touch with the people in your group. Not being weird about it, not being overwhelm, overwhelming with it, but just a light touch throughout the week. You know, really, the I would recommend everybody in your group get a light touch from you several times during the semester. Um, if you think about somebody during the week that's in your group, maybe that's God prompting you to just reach out to them and just send them a text and say, hey, just thinking about you, how you doing? It takes 30 seconds, but it goes a long way. That kind of contact is going to help you maintain and build a solid group. Those, those people are going to really feel like you care about them. And obviously you should, but um, we do that by contact and frequent contact. Um, remembering people's birthdays, anniversaries, special dates. Um, celebrate with them during the happy times. Cry with them during the sad times. And, you know, during that contact... Um, Follow up with them about things. If they ask for prayer about something at your last Connect meeting, a few after a few days, follow up with them. If somebody says, hey, you know, I'm having a job interview on Tuesday and you meet on Sundays, well, you know, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday, say, hey, man, how'd the, how'd the interview go? Um, it really means a lot to people when their Connect leader is staying involved in their world. And again, not overwhelming, not weird but just a light touch to let them know that you're thinking about them and you're praying for them. Um, make a point to connect with somebody from your connect group, um, you know, several times a week. It's really important. And, uh, and again, there's various ways to do that. Text, phone call, email, w- whatever works for you. But contact, contact, contact. away. We've still got three more important tips to share on how to build and how to manage your connect group. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Miracles in Mark. You know, there are groups, there are connect groups, um, and actually internationally even, because I know it was being used in England for a while, um, that use some of my books to do small groups around. Um, you know, whether it's a book, book study, Bible study, whatever, it's a great supplement to what they're doing. And uh, Miracles in Mark is perfect for this because it takes you through the Gospel of Mark. And it looks, it examines in depth all the supernatural things, all the miracles that Jesus performed, and then kind of pulls some application. What can we learn from that? And so it's a great starting point for a small group. So I encourage you to check out Miracles in Mark or one of my other great books and and see if you could use them in one of your small groups. Well, all right, we're back. Um, We've talked about having a vision and then sharing that vision. We've talked about creating the right kind of atmosphere, and the right kind of atmosphere is positive, faith-filled, safe, fun. Um, We've talked about the importance of contact and staying in touch with your people. You're never going to build a successful group if you think it's just about the connect group meeting. It's about building relationships with people. Remember what we talked about early on in one of our earlier sessions is 
you really are the first uh, line contact for the pastoral team. You know, when, when somebody has an issue, they're probably going to, if, if you're doing it right, they're going to talk to you first. You're going to be the person they come to and say, hey, look, I, I need prayer for this. I need help with this. I'm having this crisis. So that's what you want to create. And you do that by staying in touch and, and creating that kind of a relationship. Number four, talk to new people and invite them to your group. You know, people so often, if they're new in your church, are just waiting for an invitation. Because if they're new to your church, maybe they've heard this talk about connect groups, and they've heard about small groups, and and they've heard about it, but you know, maybe they're just waiting for somebody to invite them. I think we make a mistake when we expect people to take the initiative. Um, Really, people respond to an invitation, especially, think about it, if, if your connect group meets in your home or in a cafe or something, most people aren't going to invite themselves to that. There, there just aren't many people that are going to just stretch out, you know, stretch themselves and say, well, I'm going to try something new. Um, they're waiting to be invited. They, they, they want to know that they're, that they're welcome there. Um, years ago, I was coaching a, a connect group with someone who um, he thought, well, you know, my connect group's listed on the church's website, so, you know, people will come. And the reality is nobody came because of that. They came because he had a personal invitation, because um, after having a couple of meetings where nobody showed up, he kind of got busy inviting people and then ended up with, a, you know, a, a, a really good, solid, small group. But that only happened because he took the time to, to invite people. So talk to new people. Invite them. Um, don't be afraid. It's, it's one of those things where people are waiting for an invitation, but I promise you, if you don't invite them, they're not going to come. So invite them. Number five, encourage your group members to serve in different areas in your church. You know, Connect is a very, very important part of our particular church. You know, being in a connect group, being in a, a, a small group, building relationships, but really at the same time, serving on different teams is also equally important because when you're serving on a team, you're working towards something. You're moving in the same direction. You're, you're making things happen. I mean, it takes probably 120 to 150 volunteers to make our Sunday mornings happen. If you're in a smaller church, it's probably less. A bigger church, obviously, is going to be more. But um, having your people serving at a high level is very, very important. It's great to come to church. It's great to go to a connect group. But now we're just receiving. When we start serving, we're giving out. But here's what's going to happen. When your people are serving in different capacities in the church, if you've created the right kind of atmosphere in your connect group, in your small group, your people are going to invite their friends. They're going to be inviting the people that they serve with on the parking lot team or the people they serve with on the service team or that they serve with in kids' ministry, whatever. And they're going to say, oh, listen, you need to come visit my connect group. You'll love it. And they're going to help you build it. So, so learning to serve is part of the discipleship process. And if there are people in your connect group that are not, not serving, really, um, you need to encourage them to do that. You need to kind of push them into serving and challenge them because as a connect group leader, um, that's part of your job is challenging people to, to grow in their faith. And so this is not only going to help your group, but it's also going to help the, the, the ministry of the church where you're, you're, you're serving at, where you're, where you're based at. And then the last one, 
Number six, spend time with your people apart from the group. Meals, coffee, whatever it is, invest in the relationship. You know, something we've tried to do over the years is when we're leading a connect group, at least once during the semester, we'd have dinner with the, you know, if it's a couple, we'd have dinner with a particular couple. If it's an individual or, you know, single guys or whatever, maybe we'd have a couple of them over. But but we would try to at least once during the semester engage apart from the group, just to get together and have a meal, go out for lunch or whatever, but just hanging out, just having fun, just talking, asking about their family, their jobs, just spending time together, not talking about church or you know, of course that stuff comes up, but really build and in investing in the relationship. When you do that, these are going to be the people that are going to stick with you forever. But that brings us to the last one, and this is kind of a bonus, a bonus tip. Number seven, let me just recap real quick, and I'll give you this bonus tip. Have a vision and share that vision. Number two, create the right kind of atmosphere. Number three, contact, contact, contact. Stay in constant contact with your people. Um, number four, talk to people. Invite them to your group. Look for new people in your church. Meet them. Get their contact details and invite them to your group. Number five, encourage your group members to serve in different areas in the church. Number six, spend time with your people apart from your group. And then number seven, look for people in your group who you can develop as leaders to start their own groups. Because, you know, connect groups are awesome, but, you know, sometimes they can get so big that they lose their their uh, their influence. I mean, I've been in connect groups that were 30, 35 people, and, you know, gosh, it's really to ha- hard to have a, a, you know, close relationship with people in that kind of... That's almost like a small church. So, um, really, the, the best small groups are you know, three or four people up to 10 or 12 people. And and my wife and I have led them that were 20 and 25, and, and, and it was really too big. But, but you know, the people loved it. They loved being there. But what, what I would recommend is, is identify people in your influence who you can train and develop. Maybe you can let them assist you um, in leading the group, running the, the meetings from time to time, giving them practice, and then helping them spin off, maybe take a few people with them, and start another group. Because we grow the church, we grow our people, um, we help people's lives get better, we help people have rich and fulfilling lives um, by, by helping them develop as leaders and develop their own gifts. And um, really, connect groups will help you build your church. It's an amazing thing. So uh, I'm going to wrap that up. Those are seven things that will help you manage your small group. Now, if you missed the other episodes, the last several episodes we've done on Connect Groups, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. They're very helpful, uh, very practical. And uh, as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If I missed something, if you want to add something, let me know. I always appreciate the great feedback I get from uh, from my awesome listeners. Um, I encourage you to go to davidspell.com. Uh, you can leave your comment or your question there. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. If you want to sponsor the show, um, there's a link there that uh, you can click on. It takes you to our church's website. 
And, uh, and, and, and the reality is it doesn't sponsor the show. It sponsors the missionary work that my wife and I are involved in in uh, several different places. All the money comes in, all the money that comes in um, uh, is tax deductible, but it, it's used to fund our missionary trips. So, uh, so yeah, that's it for today. Um, if you have any questions, like I say, davidspell.com. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue developing leaders.